Hello, America, and welcome to the Glenn Beck program. Uh, Biden's handling of the border is just remarkable. It's yet another humanitarian crisis. I don't know how many, how many humanitarian crises can this guy cause in his first year? Bad on the border. Very, very bad. Uh, we have somebody who is down in Mexico currently. Uh, Todd Benzman, he is uh, the author of America's Covert Border War, National Security Fellow at the Center for Immigration Studies. He uh, he posted yesterday a picture of uh, all these IDs all over the ground as people are just discarding their IDs. Why? What's really going on on the border? Todd Benzman joins us in 60 seconds. Richard writes in, he says, Glenn, I've been taking Relief Factor for approximately three months, and my recovery from pain has been remarkably faster ever since I started taking it. I've even had days when uh, I'm totally pain-free. I can tell you, after several back surgeries, I never thought it would be possible. Thank you, Relief Factor. Richard, I'm glad to hear that. It's amazing what uh, Relief Factor is doing for people all over the country, what it's done for me. I'm glad it's working for you, Richard. Relief Factor. It's not a drug, but developed by doctors, and about 70% of the people who try it go on to order more. Order the three-week quick start for only $19.95. See if it works for you. I take it three times a day. I've been taking it three times a day for a couple of years. It's Relief Factor. ReliefFactor.com or call 800-583-84. 800-583-84. It's ReliefFactor.com. The author of America's Covert Border War, senior national security fellow, the Center for Immigration Studies. His name is Todd Benzman. Welcome back to the program, Todd. How are you? Oh, I'm doing great. A little bit tired, uh, but uh, doing well. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so you have been on the border. Tell us what the media is not showing us. Well, there are a few things. One is that the camp is almost empty. Well, it's it's about uh, a quarter of what it was, or about four thousand left in it. Uh, it's gonna it's gonna be close up here probably in the next uh, week or so. Uh, but the other thing is that most of the Haitians that are coming are not fleeing earthquakes in Haiti, and they're not fleeing presidential assassination or even grinding po- poverty. They are have been living in Chile and Brazil for many years, the ones that are coming in prosperity, relative uh, prosperity, and with resident cards and with permission to work in those countries. And they saw the Biden uh, opening, the Biden administration opening the border back in January, February, and they started to come en masse. And that is really uh, what is behind this, that these people are not asylum seekers like a lot of Democrats are saying, lawmakers on the on the progressive left talking about, you know, we have to bring in these uh, poor people who are in dire straits. They are not in dire straits at all. And I think people need to understand that when they apply for asylum, uh, they will be lying and committing mass asylum fraud because they're going to skip over the fact that they were living safely and securely in these other countries. 
And that is why I'm finding ID identification cards all over the Mexican bank. The I see these these <laughs> cards you took a picture of yesterday. They're all IDs. They all seem to be from Chile. Uh, a few passports from Brazil. They just discard them. Um, why? Why all of a sudden in Chile? I mean, Chile's a good country. It's a nice place to live. Why all of a sudden is everybody trying to abandon Chile to come to the Haitians to come to America? Well, I'll put it this way. Uh, I was in Costa Rica reporting on the interna- the international nature and makeup of the new migration that's coming to the border from 100 different countries, including the Arab Middle East and countries of terrorism concern all over the world coming right through that area. And I interviewed a Haitian who... I asked him that question. I said, you know, what's what's the difference between uh, Haiti and Chile? And he says, well, life is a thousand times better here in, in Chile. I said, well, why would you leave a life that's a thousand times better in Chile? And he says, because life in America is a million times better. I mean, in Haiti, it is a million times better than in Chile. So. Jeez. Uh, it's an upgrade. They're just simply going from good to what they think will be better. And, and that is a far cry from an asylum claim of government persecution. And it's a really far cry from what progressive lawmakers and immigration advocates are claiming is desperate poverty and dire straits. None of these people were in desperate poverty. They were making a living. They may not have been rich, but they were working class and middle class. And some of them did really quite well. You can see it. They're flying around the country on air tickets. Oh. Um, did they organize this on their own? Why? It seems weird that all of a sudden all these Haitians show up at the same place at the same time. Okay, I can explain that. I spent a lot of time with Haitians really drilling down into their stories, their very recent stories. Uh, here's I'm going to try to give you the quick version because I know you're you've got uh, only so much time. But the Biden administration asked the Mexican government some time ago to station its National Guard on the southern border with Guatemala to slow and to slow roll the number of immigrants coming from Mexico, from Guatemala through Mexico to the U.S. border. And the Mexicans did that with a kind of uh, bureaucratic um, molasses, mm-hmm. uh, re- requiring uh, these Haitians to apply for temporary permission slips to be in Mexico and asylum and different kinds of things. And, and they weren't getting an answer for months on end. They're just stuck down in Tapachula on the border there until thousands of them built up. And what they told me is that on September 12th, while they were all waiting three, four, five, six months, and they were getting uh, very antsy and causing disruptions in the area, they were told that the Mexican government said that the Mexican government just said, forget it. You can all go now for the Mexican independence holiday of the week of of September 16th. You can go without papers. Just forget your claims here. Go. And so Why? This, particular, this particular, because they needed to clear them out. Okay. Uh, they needed, they were backlogged in Mexico. Mexico did not want them. They passed that problem to the Americans. 
in violation of whatever diplomatic agreement they had, by the way, with the Biden administration. So these particular Haitians, this particular group of 15,000, and there's supposedly more on the way, mm. were just simply released. They all had the same story independently about El Grito, which is the Mexican holiday of that week. And I'm thinking the Mexican government probably intended to provide that holiday gift to their own people <laughs> because, mm. uh, you know, yeah. So yeah. that's that's the short-term story. The bigger picture is they were all headed to the U.S. Biden border anyway because they knew it was open. And they're still coming in large numbers in other parts of Texas outside of the media lens uh, uh, range. So I've, I've read about two buses that have been hijacked as they are being taken someplace. Is that true? And is there more than two? And what's happening there? Okay, I can explain that. Uh, the Biden administration did something very uh, weird for the Biden administration, and it shows how desperate they were to make this political blot go away fast. They took a card, uh, they took a play from the Trump playbook and started doing repatriation flights of these migrants from Texas all the way to Port-au-Prince. Now, remember, these people have been living for years away from Haiti in these other countries. And so to have to go to be deported wow. to Port-au-Prince was especially acutely painful for them. Uh, I talked to a lot of immigrants yesterday and the day before in Mexico because they were fleeing the camp in terror of having of the possibility that they might get deported. And what the Haitian friends who have been deported were telling them is stay away from the buses. Don't get on the buses. Don't get on the buses. Those buses are going to the airport and you're going to end up where we ended up. And right about that time is when the violence started on the buses. So my uh, my speculation, my informed speculation, is that these seizures of buses and the violence on the buses, uh, and there are other cases of violence uh, against ICE officers. They are attacking ICE officers every day now because they do not want to be repatriated to Haiti. But having said that, repatriation to home countries like this is incredibly effective more than oh, anything yeah. else. That is probably what has shut down this camp. It stopped anybody new coming in and all of the Haitians that I talked to at least a thousand that I saw on the Acuna side of the river, the city of Acuna uh, were fl uh, fleeing this idea that they could be, deported. And I also spent time in the bus station in Acuna filled with Haitians buying bus tickets back to Tapachula, That's Mexico, great. back to where they came from. Uh, that is happening, uh, Glenn. So, uh, but the question is whether the Biden administration will hang on to that policy and keep using it because it would shut this crisis down if he applied it to all nationalities across all of the border, but he's under huge pressure from his left. They are killing him. They are clubbing him for, for using that policy. So tell me about the, um, 
the number of of people that have come in uh, illegally uh, from other countries other than Mexico and south of the border, uh, terrorist states. Right. Every year there are uh, thousands of people coming from 35 to 40 countries of mass, what we would regard the intelligence community as uh, national security concern. That's going to be Afghanistan. They are coming from Afghanistan in small numbers. I expect greater numbers in the coming months from Afghanistan, Pakistan, uh, Bangladesh, Syria, Iraq, Iran, all of those countries have people coming through the same route that the Haitians are coming. I met uh, just the other day in Mexico an Angolan who flew into Brazil from uh, there's a like a visa waiver between Brazil and Angola and he came in and he was telling me about all these other African countries, Cameroon, Sierra Leone, Liberia, Senegal, Mauritania, and I've met immigrants from all of those places on their way here. Uh, lots of Yemenis. Uh, intelligence mm. community sources tell me that the Yemeni problem is so grave because uh, quite a few of them are on the U.S. terror watch list that have been caught at the border. That there is a special unit that has been formed in ICE, Homeland Security Investigations, just to deal with the terrorist concern in the Yemeni population coming over that border. That is a true thing. Uh, they caught two in California this year, earlier this year, who were on the FBI's terror watch list. One of them was on the no-fly list in Calexico, California. CBP put a press release out about that. It was taken down within 24 hours by the Biden administration saying, what? You can't talk about this right now when we've got all these um, all this crisis collapsing our border management systems. Jeez. Um, Ronnie, have you talked to any of the um, the the Border Patrol agents themselves? What is their morale like? Uh, it is just it's been. It's been in the toilet for months and months. Uh, keep in mind that this migrant camp that has attracted all of this attention is only 15,000. And I say only because you have to keep that in context with the fact that more than 50,000 a week are crossing that border, 50,000, 200,000 a month, every month for four months straight over 200,000 and uh, close to 200,000 for many more months, 1.5 million so far. And so it's a little bit, um, you know, hard to believe that the media is concentrating on these 15,000 when, you know, that's a, just a typical morning in Texas. Jeez. Todd, yeah. th thank you so much. I'm sorry to call you uh, Rodney. I was thinking about the uh, former chief that has come out um, um that uh, yeah. has just come out and released something uh, i think it was yesterday it was sent into washington uh, a report and it is terrifying it is terrifying i read that yes it is and uh you know he's finally free to speak and i think everybody should listen to him yeah. and read what he's saying and by the way uh you know he even before this released a video to the troops as he was leaving 
farewell kind of thing. And he said he has never seen more terrorists crossing the border than he did in his final months. Uh, and if you want to know more about that, uh, you know, the, the way that works and how they come through and what we do as a country about it, pick up my book, America's Covert Border War. It's all revealed in their what we do uh, as a nation programmatically. And the fact that we are having this horrendous border crisis is really threatening those counterterrorism programs that we have down there. Unbelievable. Todd Benzman, thank you so much. Author of America's Covert Border War. He is on the border now. Thank you so much. We'll check in with you again, Todd. Appreciate it. Uh, by the way, the, um, uh, the report that went to Congress, it said, you've got to pay attention to this border Terror is on the way. I'm going to give you that letter and read it to you here in just a second. It's pretty shocking. Whether you're wealthy or not, you got a lot to keep safe from a cyber criminal because it's not just your money. It's your identity. It could be your house. It could be anything. A lot is tied up in your identity. Your own credibility is one of them, not to mention your safety and the safety of your family. That's why getting the, the, uh, the life lock for the whole family is no joke. You shouldn't ignore it. You shouldn't put it off because I guarantee you there are cyber criminals out there. And at one point in your life, you're going to be hit. It's important to understand how cybercrime and identity theft are affecting our lives. But LifeLock is there to help detect a wide range of identity threats. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions. But they will send you an alert in case if something happens, even if they just have a rumbling of it, they'll send you an alert and say, hey, have you done this? Then if you didn't do that, that's a cyber criminal, you will then have access to a dedicated restoration specialist if you become a victim. Let's hope you don't. Norton uh, and LifeLock are there to do their very best to keep you safe. Right now, save up to 25% off your first year with the promo code BECK. 1-800-LIFELOCK or head to LifeLock.com. Use the promo code BECK. Save 25% now. LifeLock.com. 10 seconds, station ID. So they're going to start issuing federal charges against Haitian illegal aliens <laughs> for what's happening down on the border, attacking uh, U.S. pilots, biting ICE agents, hijacking the buses. This is really this is not America. And there will be another big terrorist strike on America. There will be. Uh, and it's going to happen because somebody came across this border or Somebody was loaded into a plane that shouldn't have been loaded into a plane uh, on one of our gray tails for the United States. They just they, they you know, they, they were actually just pulling people off the streets at one point. They're just come on, come on, get in, get in, get in at towards the very end. So those planes wouldn't fly half empty. And, where, you know, what's the process that happens after after that? Yeah, we know. I mean, you know, obviously more than probably anybody else, how difficult it is to go through all of this and and try to do this the right way. Is the government doing it that way? I doubt it. I doubt it. And you know, I, no way. They're, they're they're already saying that there's problems, you know, on our bases where these guys are starting to be roving packs going after the women there. They should be sent back immediately, immediately. And I'll say for all the arguments to be made for pulling troops out of Afghanistan and Iraq, one of the things that was good about having troops there 
is that we had the best trained military in the world to deal with terrorists rather than them, you know, coming after everyday citizens as they shop here in the United States. I mean, the, the idea of fighting them over there was something that I know a lot, a lot of people we've talked to in our military, people who served there, that was the thing they were mo the most proud of was, yeah, they had to deal with a lot of really terrible things over there themselves, but they'd rather, th they would rather have that sacrifice on them than, uh, than on some kid going to school mm -hmm. here in the United States. Mm -hmm. And those terrorist groups were so upset that we were there that they directed all their attention there. And our, our, our military was very well equipped to deal with those people. Uh, you know, now that they have time to sit around and think and other targets to plan, uh, we could be seeing a, a growth of that whole uh, cycle all over again. China, the Chinese spokesperson said time will prove that it was a mistake for the U.S. to regard China as its biggest adversary. Uh, another September 11th suicide attack of terrorism will come again to America. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Most people don't spend a lot of time, if any at all, focusing on self-sufficiency and preparedness. I've been a prepper before it was cool, and it's still not cool. So <laughs> that's a long time. Um, it's, uh, it was never common to homeschool. It was never common to prepare. But a lot of people now are preparing because America is facing severe problems, and they are going to affect all of us. The potential for things like food shortages in the near future isn't as small as either you or I would like. In fact, I think um, there are real deep food shortages that are going to start happening uh, in the next few years. Uh, I explained it last night uh, on the TV show, but it's really important that you pay attention and get ready. I'd like you to go to preparewithglenn.com right now. Save 50% off each four-week food kit that you order. That's $50 off each four-week food kit. Just order today. Your food boxes will arrive fast in unmarked boxes to protect your privacy. Don't wait until it's too late. Can't say you weren't warned. Preparewithglenn.com. That's preparewithglenn.com. All right, head over to blazetv.com slash Glenn. You can get that membership for 25 bucks off right now if you use the promo code GLEN25. It's GLEN25. All right, this is the Glenn Beck program. I want to, I want to read something that the uh, chief of the U.S. Border Patrol, who just left the Border Patrol, Rodney Scott, wrote to uh, Schumner, uh, Schumer and Mitch McConnell and uh, uh, Peters and uh, Portman on September 11th, 2021. Now, he has been not allowed to say anything. He's starting now to get out from underneath his all of his, you know, uh, sworn duty uh, things so, so he can actually start to actually talk to people. You know what I mean? Yeah. He writes, in the position of chief of the U.S. Border Patrol, it's a career civil service position and not a political appointment. As chief, I was the most senior official responsible for border security in the ports of entry. I witnessed an unprecedented seismic shift in our border security and immigration policy that was initiated January 20th, 2021. I believe this policy shift in the associated public statements created the current border crisis. 
of greater concern. I also witnessed the lack of any meaningful effort to secure our borders. Contrary to the current rhetoric, this is not simply another illegal immigration surge. This is a national security threat. This thing is horrifying. Just horrifying. Today on the 20th anniversary of the horrific 9-11 terrorist attacks, I reflect on the significant border security advances that we had made. I'm sickened by the avoidable and rapid disintegration of what was arguably the most effective border security in our nation's history. Common sense border security recommendations from experienced career professionals are being ignored and stymied by inexperienced political appointees. The Biden administration's team at DHS is laser focused on expediating the flow of migrants. Listen to that. The Biden's administration's DHS is laser focused on expediating the flow of migrants into the U.S. and downplaying the significant vulnerability this creates for terrorists, narcotics, smugglers, human traffickers, even hostile nations to gain access to our homeland. In my professional assessment, the U.S. Border Patrol is rapidly losing the situational awareness required to know who and what is entering in our homeland. The ability of the U.S. Border Patrol to detect and interdict those that want to evade apprehension is being degraded daily. Low-level, unsophisticated, and uneducated smugglers are illegally crossing the border and increasingly evading evading apprehension daily. To think that well-sourced terrorist networks, criminal organizations, and hostile nations are not doing the same is naive. The current situation is unsustainable and must be mitigated. Experienced experienced civil service staff within CBP, ICE, and DHF have provided multiple options to reduce the illegal alien uh, alien entries and reestablish some semblance of border security through proven programs and consequences. Yet every recommendation has been summary, summary, say it, Stu. Summarily? Thank you. Rejected. (laughs) (laughs) Secretary Mayorkas (laughs) is choosing to ignore the sound recommendations of career government leadership, despite his own admissions, that he agrees with them. Of grave concern is the fact that Secretary and other political appointees within DHF have provided factually incorrect information to congressional representatives and to the American public. Try that one on for size. He's saying the DHS now with the Biden administration is lying to Congress and lying to the American people. Furthermore, they have directed the U.S. Border Patrol to allow otherwise ineligible aliens to remain in the U.S. inconsistent with CDT, uh, CDC Title 42, blah, blah, blah. As a direct result of these decisions, control of our borders has disintegrated overnight. While the sheer volume of aliens is overwhelming, it is critical that policymakers understand that these mass incursions are simply not an immigration issue. These illegal entries are being scripted and controlled by plaza bosses that work directly for the transnational criminal organizations to create controllable gaps in border security. These gaps are then exploited to easily smuggle contraband, criminals, or even potential terrorists into the U.S. at will. Even when the U.S. Border Patrol detects the illegal entry, 
Agents are spread so thin that they often ask, uh, lack the capability to make a timely interdiction. It is important to remember that a border is not a destination. It is just a transit point en route to our cities and towns throughout the U.S. This is not hyperbole. I urge you to request detailed information from DHS CBP on the number of individuals with terrorist screening database alerts that the USBP has arrested this fiscal year. Stu, let's see if we can get a FOIA on that. Okay. Um, To ensure you that you are not misled, please specifically ask for comparative data from previous years broken down by method of apprehension, encounter, and immigration status at the time of the encounter. Isn't that amazing? He's writing this to Congress and to the Senate. And he's saying, "Let let me give you that again. Uh, to ensure that you are not misled. Right. They'll release information that's unimportant to this point, right? Wow. They'll, they'll just avoid. Or they'll redact. That's the other thing they do all the time. I also encourage you to ask questions about the surge in USBP personnel assigned to the border in Texas. What national security and public health risks are we knowingly accepting in the areas these agents were pulled from? How many miles of borders are now going uncontrolled daily to facilitate expedited processing and ultimately the release of these illegal aliens in the U.S.? What threats are we allowing into the U.S. by continuing to accept a thousand documented gotaways every day? What programs or IT system developments have been shut down or significantly delayed due to limited resources being redirected to the mass migration crisis? What impact has the current crisis had on the ability of the Border Patrol to conduct thorough debriefings of individuals to determine intentions, threat, and to document transnational criminal activity? He goes into the numbers, which are just staggering. In addition to the clear national security implications of an uncontrolled border, it's unconscionable That as COVID-19 continues to spread, DHS would choose to voluntarily carve out policy exceptions to Title 42. These carve-outs do not appear to comport with any medical assessments that I have read. These policy carve-outs are unquestionably placing the lives of Border Patrol personnel, U.S. citizens, and the migrants themselves at increased risk. In October 2020, over 91% of total encounters by Border Patrol were processed under T-42 and expelled in an average of 90 minutes. I report A report I received on August 1st, 2021, indicate that nearly 53% were being granted exemptions from T-42, with the majority ultimately being released into the United States. Now that's, that's basically saying they don't have to have any kind of COVID test. Border Patrol lacks the adequate facilities and resources to conduct COVID testing without significantly increasing the risk of exposure and further degrading our border security. Therefore, any COVID testing is conducted on a voluntary basis by private non-governmental institutions. There's no mandated vaccine prior to release. Processing an alien that illegally enters the U.S. under T-42 authority can be accomplished in approximately 10 minutes while avoiding congregate settings where COVID-19 exposure would be increased. Consequently, processing an individual under Title VIII to include a notice to appear takes approximately two hours and is completed inside an enclosed processing center. 
if the alien will be transferred to ICE, vice released immediately on their own recognizance, or the time in custody will increase even further, 72 hours. Oh, my gosh. He goes on and on and says how really. Well, I'll give you this. I am extremely confident that the Biden administration, to include Secretary Mayorkas, are fully aware of the significant operational risk and the monetary costs associated with all of these pauses at which times reportedly exceed $5 million a day. It's important that we have uh, that we address the issues directly associated with the Border Patrol's mission. As a senior executive leader within the, uh, the uh, Border Patrol, I was also privy to discussions that negatively affected security and legitimate trade and travel operations at our ports of entry. I, I hope Rodney Scott uh, testifies. I hope Rodney Scott. I hope Rodney Scott becomes a name that everybody knows. This guy is extraordinarily brave. He tried to work within the system. Um, they just kept crushing and crushing and crushing. He is now retired, and he is speaking out. <laughs> Will anyone listen? That's the, that's the real question. It doesn't seem like there's been a ton of interest from the media in this. There's not. You had that burst in March, as we kind of mentioned earlier, and you had the burst when some of the footage came out, but it was really all from Fox News and conservative sources. The only thing that has brought the media to the party here when we're talking about the border are these pictures of uh, border agents on horses, which now gives them a way to say that the border agents are bad. Now it's no longer a humanitarian crisis. Now they they can just say, well, look at how ho- horrible we are with, with immigrants on the border. And maybe AOC can show up in her new watch and outfit and cry again at an empty fence. I guess that's the, the next step here. But it does seem like there is a there's no interest unless they can come up with an angle that backs up the idea of oppression and all of these other things, as opposed to what's happening to these people who, you know, some of them are actually just out there to break the law. Some of them believe they're they're completely within what the administration wants within the oh, I think they are. They're there because they think they've been invited to be yes. there. And that doesn't mean we should let them in. But it does mean that, you know, it's a different situation than um, than some previous border out, outbreaks, uh, not to mention, you know. When you're speaking of outbreaks, as he mentions in the letter, serious concern here with COVID. I mean, we keep talking about we keep talking about well, we need to get everybody vaccinated for COVID. Why are you why are you not vaccinating then people coming in from other countries? And you might think, okay, well, you know, they're on the border. Uh, what are they going to do? They have doses of the vaccine there. They, they they offer them, but if they say no, they don't make them take take them. Excuse me. They have Johnson and Johnson doses at the border. Um, available and if they say no if they say no they're so like well the we're illegal... gonna respond look it's a personal choice guys oh i mean my. you can't ma- what are we gonna do mandate the vaccine yes that's what you've been doing to regular citizens who want to go to their jobs people who actually are supposed to be in the country that's what you keep doing to them you're making kids mask up 
but you won't make the little very least we could do is ask them uh, and make them take the vaccine if they want to somehow come into the country. And by the way, the question, if you remember this back and forth with Jen Psaki and uh, Peter Ducey the other day, Peter Ducey didn't even say it was reported like, shouldn't we be mandating these vaccines? That's not the question Peter Ducey asked. He said, shouldn't we be either? Are we asking uh, are we asking them if they're vaccinated and they have proof of vaccination or they have to complete a test? And the answer was, well, look, they're only going to be here for a few days and they're not intending to be here. And they're not if they show symptoms, then we're and she came up with all these BS excuses. They keep lecturing us on we have to have the vaccine because we're asymptomatic right and asymptomatic we're bad. transmission yes. right which obviously this is a much easier disease and uh, to deal with if there is no asymptomatic uh transmission so obviously we're well beyond that point here but 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 in that question was an option to just test them and even that she didn't say we we're doing now that is built into the Biden mandate as well. This one that's been proposed, but shockingly, no rule has actually been written yet. I don't know if anyone's noticed this. They just don't seem to be coming up with this rule. They made this big announcement two days before September 11th when he was in the middle of dealing with all of the press uh, catastrophes of Afghanistan after two consecutive months of growth in the rate of vaccination. We doubled the rate. Then he comes out with a mandate. And makes uh, no sense. And by the way, he doesn't have to do the mandate. The corporations are doing it for him. And American Airlines is being sued by many of their employees. We'll mm. talk about that coming up in a second. Real estate agents. I It look, if you are looking to sell or buy your house, there is one company that can really help you. And this is a free service to you. It happens to be my company. It's real estate agents. I These these people are vetted over and over and over again. They're constantly watched and monitored to make sure that everybody is leaving happy, um, that they they continue to have the five-star ratings, uh, and they are the best far as results go in, the, in your area. So whether you're buying across the street after you sell your house or across the state or across the country, we have real estate agents, most likely wherever you're going to be, find them. Interview them yourself so you know the difference. These are really great real estate agents that have the track record that you need. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. That's realestateagentsitrust.com. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. This is the Glenn Beck Program. We're really glad that you are uh, here uh, last night, uh, and please watch it on uh, Blaze TV, we're giving you a 25% discount if you would like to uh, join us and become family. Uh, just use the promo code GLEN25, 25% discount. I think that's the biggest discount we've offered. Uh, you can just go to blazetv.com uh, and use the promo code GLEN25 and watch last night's special on what's coming. I'm going to go over it here in just a second. Also, tonight, my interview with um, Ion Hersey Alley, who is remarkable. I'm going to talk to her about life in America. This is the Glenn Beck Program.